good to see a group of you folks out today. Uh, it's been a, an unusual season, but it seems like every year we have is an unusual one, some, some weather event or something that, that occurs that makes the crop uh, quite interesting. But all in all, and I know Dr. Brahma will report on some of this maybe in more detail, uh, we, had, we had a really a good crop. Um, uh, 17.1 million tons of cane, which is a, a, a great number. And we produced uh, 2 million, 2.2 uh, million 61,000 uh, short tons raw value of sugar. So that's, that's a, an excellent, excellent number. Uh, something that, that we as an industry should be proud of. Uh, you know, I think this is the first year that we get over 2 million tons of raw sugar production in the state. And, uh, and that's quite an accomplishment and something to be said for our industry and uh, the work that, that uh, our researchers and our farmers and millers uh, do to bring the crop in. So let me just move into a couple of things going on and things that we're, we're working on uh, with the league. Uh, first, I'll, talk, I'll start with some activities in Washington. So this is a farm bill year. Uh, the farm bill is set to expire at the end of September with the government year. You know, the government year starts October 1, ends September 30th. So it's at the end of this year, the farm bill is set to expire. Um, the sugar provisions are unique in that, that it carries through uh, next year's crop. Uh, so, so we're, we're uh, protected with regards to that. But we're not sure what's gonna happen with the farm bill. We could see uh, a renewal or an extension of the farm bill, a renewal of, of, uh, of the provisions, uh, sugar provisions, we just don't know. You know, we've got a new Congress with uh, more than 50% of the members of Congress, both House and Senate, uh, who have never voted on a farm bill. So a lot of work to be done in Washington with regards to educating uh, members of Congress. Um, so that takes us right into uh, the educational efforts that we undertake, and we start with with the fly-in activities that we that we do. Uh, the last two years, because of the COVID situation, we we've done those fly-ins uh, virtually via Zoom, and, and we were quite effective at uh, doing that. But this year, we'll go back to in-person meetings and uh, in-person fly-ins. In the first week, we'll we'll bring some 13 or so. Uh, growers and millers from here in Louisiana up uh, to Washington to meet with the beat guys and to make joint calls on House and Senate offices and members and their staffs. And in the second week, I think we're bringing uh, nine folks up. So we'll have a good contingency of, of people in Washington uh, spending their time and, and money to work on behalf of, of the entire industry. So. If you, uh, if you all have particular interest in uh, attending fly-ins, I know some of you here have been on, on fly-ins with us before, but if that seems to be something that, that you may have interest in doing on behalf of the industry, uh, let us know. We're always looking for some, some fresh new faces to, to complement kind of the veterans that, that make the trip with us. Uh, we'd love to see some new folks uh, engaged for next year. Uh, let us know and we'll put you on the list for, for information with regards to that. Um, so what, what are we looking for in the Farm Bill? Um, there's a whole list of, of opportunities and possibilities. Generally the program, the shooter program, uh, works for us. Uh, it works for, for America, it works for American consumers. And so uh, the general consensus is that we look 
to keep our same program, but maybe look for some enhancements to it. And when we start talking about enhancements, the first thing we talk about is the potential to increase the loan rate. You know, the loan rate is the rate that mills are able to borrow uh, from USDA on. That loan rate right now is around 21 cents a pound. Um, and we're, we're uh, hopeful that there'll be room to push that up. Uh, we'll see what, what happens. You get into some really intense negotiations with regards to that. But one thought is to push that loan rate up to get closer to the rate that are in the suspension agreements that manage our trade with Mexico. And that uh, rate in the suspension agreements is closer to 26 and a half cents. So we'll see how this works out. Uh, a lot of negotiation goes on uh, with regards to these things, but that's, that's one of the things that we're looking at. Uh, there are some other opportunities to potentially improve the crop insurance program. Uh, some other, uh, other opportunities with regards to conservation payments and those kinds of things that we're looking at. So we'll, we'll start to hone in on some of that stuff, but, but there's a long list of opportunities for us. Um, other things in Washington, you know, labor is critical to us. The H-2B and the H-2A labor programs will continue to monitor those things. Um, the Department of Labor is uh, pending some announcements with regards to raise rates. We don't know when that'll come out or if it'll come out, but we're, we're heavily engaged with uh, Louisiana Farm Bureau and American Farm Bureau on labor issues and, and wage rates. We'll continue to, to watch that. Other things in Washington that, we, Washington that we work on, appropriations for USDA and research, and I'm uh, really pleased to say that in the last round of appropriations that was improved, that was approved in December, we were fortunate to get uh, an additional $2 million in research funding uh, approved for uh, sugarcane research. It was a joint effort that we worked on with Florida and it's primarily, primarily for the benefit of genomics uh, research uh, in Stoneville, Mississippi. So we'll be coordinating that work uh, with Florida and, and really ramping up the opportunity for genomics and, and, uh, and additional new uh, research activities that, that we're hopeful will improve the predictability of our sugarcane variety development program. Uh, Herman and some of the folks that speak after me may want to speak to some of the specifics of that, but that's some exciting new stuff and just another way that the American Sugarcane League uses your resources to, to gain more resources and uses your money as seed money to go to Washington and get more money uh, for our industry. So that's, that's uh, a big number. In addition to that, we're fortunate primarily by the work of Congressman Gary Graves to receive another $4 million in uh, addition to the $10 million we received the prior year uh, to work on the completion of the USDA uh, research facility at Homa at Bull Run to, to move that, uh, that facility out of downtown Homa and onto the research station. So another a bit of, of uh, result from the work uh, that we do in Washington. With regards to activities in Baton Rouge, you know, this is a big election year in Louisiana. All of the House and Senate seats at, at the Capitol in Baton Rouge are up for election. 
along with the governor and all of the other statewide offices. So I encourage all of you to be active with regards to those elections. And uh, when candidates come before you to talk about various uh, topics and, and some of their issues, please make sure that you talk with them about sugarcane and sugarcane production. You know, our industry provides a $3 billion economic impact to the state. It supports 17,000 jobs. And we need to make sure that the folks in Baton Rouge understand just how significant our industry is to the economic well-being of the, of the rural communities uh, where we primarily uh, live, work, and, and play. So uh, make sure that you're engaged with, 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 uh, with the political forces that are running for office. It's very, very important. Other things in, uh, in Baton Rouge that, that may be concerning to us, you know, uh, burning is always something that we have to be careful with. Um, we had a few issues with regards to agricultural burns, primarily on the western side of the state. There was an unfortunate fatality as a result of an agricultural burn back in, uh, I think it was back in October. Um, that agricultural burn was not the result of a cane burn. It was a, a rice field burn or a crawfish levee burn or something, something like that. But nonetheless, it was an agricultural burn and, and, uh, and we get caught up into those kinds of things. I'm not certain if any potential legislation may be forthcoming or not. Um, outside of that one event, I have to say that, that uh, the sugar industry did a pretty good job as, as the folks at the State Department of Ag and Forestry who uh, field complaints uh, tell us that, that this year was kind of a low uh, year for complaints. So I think we're making progress and doing a much better job, but it only takes one significant event to really put pressure on us. So. I just encourage you, I know that there probably fields that still need to be burned out there. Um, just probably, just please do your best to, to minimize the impact and be very, very careful. You know, the, the provisions of, of the burn management program provide some protection if you follow the best management practices, uh, but that's not to say that they absolve you from any uh, liability associated with a burn. And I know the, the fatality that resulted uh, in, in Vermillion Parish, uh, there's, a, there's a lawsuit pending on that one. And I'm, not, I'm certain that that's not going to turn out very good for that grower uh, in the insurance company. So be mindful that while, while operating under the best management practices and the prescribed burn program provides you some level of protection that you're trying to do the best you can, it does not indemnify you from liability. So you need to, to please keep that in mind um, when you're uh, doing your, your post-harvest burns that are still to be uh, remaining out, uh, out uh, in the fields. Uh, final things, uh, research activities within the league. Uh, Herman and the research staff will be undertaking our dedicated research program. Um, you know, dedicated research is a committee that, that funds the research request that the researchers bring before us. Uh, some four millers and four growers sit on that committee to entertain those proposals. It's a, a two-week, a two-day uh, process that, that's quite diligent and, uh, and time-consuming, um, but uh, we'll have ample money available 
uh, to the dedicated research committee to, uh, to foster and fund the research activities that we, that we undertake. Um, finally, our annual meeting is February 7th and 8th, just a couple weeks away. Uh, it's in Baton Rouge at LaBerge. We encourage everyone to attend. It's, it's going to be held again in conjunction with the ASSCT. Uh, so we're looking forward to having a good turnout there. Uh, our keynote speaker will be Mr. Jim Wiesmeyer. Uh, folks who uh, have been to our meetings before and maybe even uh, uh, folks who, in, who tune in to, to national agricultural radio and TV shows may know Wiesmeyer. He's, he's probably the foremost agricultural prognosticator on, uh, on political activities and economic activities regarding agriculture in Washington. So he'll be there. Uh, Jim's always uh, entertaining. And with, uh, with the farm bill coming up uh, for renewal, I'm sure he'll have some insight onto what he thinks about the, the House Republican leadership, the Senate Democratic leadership, and the President's uh, office, and, and how that will play into foreign policy as we move into, uh, into the, the year. Um, finally, one, uh, one bit of information that I want to share with you regarding uh, Louisiana and sugarcane. You know, uh, for many, many years now, decades, Louisiana has been the number two sugarcane producing state in America, uh, behind Florida. And uh, by some significant margins in the last uh, seven, eight, maybe 10 or 12 years. Um, but I'm here today before you to talk about something that's a little bit different. You know, every year the government does what's called its WASTI. That's the World Agricultural Supply and Demand Expectations or Estimates. And so the WASDI predicts, and it doesn't predict, it tells how much sugar and other commodities were produced in the government year. And so remember the government year starts October 1 and ends September 30th, a little bit outside of our whole crop year. But so for the government's crop year that ended September the 30th, they make adjustments after September 30th based upon different factors that still affect the prior year crop, okay? And so in January, they made an, uh, an adjustment to the September 30th, 2022 WASDI on sugar production. And that adjustment yielded that Louisiana produced 1 million 944,000 short tons of raw sugar, and Florida produced 1,933,000 short, short tons of raw sugar. So uh, effective uh, October 1st of 2022, Louisiana is now, for this year, uh, uh, the number one cane producing state in America. So, you know, that's, that's to say, it says a lot about our industry. It says that we have a healthy industry. I know that, that growers to the west, primarily in the north, uh, experience some, some really difficult situations uh, with their crop uh, toward the end of the season. Uh, last year, the folks here on Bayou Lafouche experienced some really difficult things with their crop at the beginning of the season as a, as a result of the hurricane. So, uh, that all said, it, it takes a, 
a year or more to make a good sugarcane crop in Louisiana. Uh, we've set a record and, uh, and, and we're now uh, America's number one sugarcane producing state, something that we should all be uh, proud of and, and pleased with. And, and uh, thanks to the great work of our growers, millers, and the researchers, uh, with a little help from the American Sugar Cane League, we're fortunate to be uh, in, a, in a healthy, healthy position.